from Rule 62 Studios. We're in Bossier City, Louisiana, and this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Welcome back. This is Season 2, Episode... Help me out, guys. 53? 53. Season 2. Really? Yeah. Season 2, Episode... Yeah. Damn, season it took two. that long to get me here. We, we yes. don't we don't even know what episode <laughs> we're on. We're we're on season two and probably two or three episodes into it. So mm-hmm. look at the title and you'll see what episode we're in. Because by then I'll have figured it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm Mike and um here today for another episode of the show. I got with me Jill. Hey guys. We got Matt. All right. And we have a guest. His name is Cal. Very uh, special. Koala Club Hall of Famer Cal. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. And uh, you know, a lot going on since the last time we recorded. We uh, we have had three losses. Um, I have had three losses in my recovery. You know, we lost uh Daryl at um the Koala Club, longtime fixture there, twenty plus year guy in recovery. We lost James C. Um guy been at the Koala Club since the day it opened. I think he uh, actually one of the guys that actually helped open it in the beginning, and and we lost one of our listeners down in South Louisiana. Her name was Bree, and um, she passed away all of a sudden, and she is going to be missed as well. And anytime we have this kind of loss, or anytime we have a loss at all, there's always a void somewhere in there, and uh, and just like with any void, it's going to be filled with what's right next to it. Whether it's a void in the ground, going to be filled with water, um, or a void in in, in life that's going to be filled by whatever we surround ourselves with. And uh, I know that for me anyway, that uh, all of the the phone calls and people who are saying, hey, you know, we want you to know, we want you to be a part of it, you know, all of that, that love and that help really came through. And, um, you know, great people, going to miss all of them, right? And um, none of them more than the other, you know. They're just, just a lot of good people. So anyway. Oh, man, what else? Oh, I want to do something before I forget about it, and I'm going to forget about it. I never do a plug for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Never. And uh, I am going to do a plug for a show on Netflix. Yeah, there is a show on Netflix, and I had to search it. And my son, who is also one of us, right, he had to find it. He found it. He told me about it. And so I ended up watching it. Um, I was actually snowed in for two days or iced in over in Texas. Couldn't get out of the house. And uh, so while I was there, I watched every episode of the show. It's called Louder. I knew you were going to say that. The show is called, have you seen it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. What is it, it called? Louder Milk. Louder and I, I don't know the starring actor's name. He's been in other stuff. Uh, Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something. He's a nut. He's a nut, and and but and the show is is, it's a knockoff of AA. <laughs> yes, and, it is. Uh, and, and it's it, but it, it shows though it the setting of it is is they're in this they're in a group setting, you know, and and a buddy of mine actually he he's not one of us. He asked me, he's like, do y'all really sit around in a circle in chairs like that? And I was like, dude, I've never been to a meeting like that. I'm sure they have them. I've been to some, but it's, I've never been. Yeah, yeah it's more to, like a yeah. small group setting. Yeah. I've been, I've been in some places. Brian Regan is in this show. Who is I know it? who that is. He's a comedian. comedian? I've, he, I've, he, I've never seen his com- comical act done with anything other than good, clean, fun. Right, right. Everybody can. But in this show, he actually he, he throws loose. some words out there. Is that his roommate? No. that Brian Regan was actually the guy they called Butchie or, or the guy with the two daughters that um, – Oh, oh, okay. I know who he is now. His name is Brian Regan. He's a very funny comedian. But the plug is for Louder Milk. Very, I mean, just a just a wonderful show. It's it really focuses. I feel like on the irritable, restless, and discontented. Well, it focuses, people in recovery. It focuses on when 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 you're in a group setting and you just sit there, and then all of a sudden you get up and you go out into drama. Yeah, and and what happens? And some of these things are real life. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's actually going to watch it. If you're not going to watch it, reach out to me. And I'll tell you some of the good stuff about it. But the show is called Louder Milk. There's three seasons, ten seasons, ten shows in each season. Thirty shows, forty three minutes a show. You do the math. Um, it's a good day's worth of maybe two days worth of watching. And nice. I had a had a so before we get to the topic of the day, I had somebody reach out to me. And asked me, and I got to pull up my page here. But they asked me, um, what do and I for first off, uh, for for lack of better terms, I am not a Catholic. Okay, 
Um, I, I've been to Catholic Church many times, okay? I, for years, my both of my children were raised Catholic, okay? I am not a convert to Catholic Catholicism, but someone reached out to me and says, what do, what do Catholics do about communion, right? They wanted to know, you know, hey, put it out there. Put it out there on the air. Let's see what kind of feedback we get. Maybe one day you can have a, a Catholic come in. I don't know. I reached out to a, a practicing member of Alcoholics Anonymous who is also a practicing Catholic, okay, with some recovery time because I'm just curious. So, hmm. so far I've gotten one answer from someone very well respected, okay, very well respected. But what do Catholics do to recognize communion, okay? And this particular person told me that it is up to the individual— Okay, um, I would visit with a sponsor on that before I made any individual decisions. But it's up to the individual. Some whose drug of choice may have been wine, okay, oh, might not okay. want to might not want to partake at. in that at all. In the in the blood, the blood part of yeah. communion. Um, and then some whose drug of choice, let's just say, may have been vodka. Okay. Because this particular person said, hey, I do know someone that does do communion. Their drug of choice was vodka. They only take a slight sip of the actual wine in ceremonious fashion, right? And so um, that is, of course, this, and this is not, we don't we give advice on the show. We don't do that. But someone reached out, so I reached out. So That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And I'm, I'm thinking we might get a little more feedback because we don't know who, who our listeners are. They're Catholic and who are not Catholic. Can they not just not drink it? Yeah. I, see, I, my, yeah. What you're discussing, right, it shows my ignorance because I really yeah. thought that that was grape juice. That's what I thought. Well, in Baptist and in that, some it churches, is. Cal, you are absolutely right because I used to, you know, I, I run grocery stores for a living and used to, the, the parishioners would come in on Sunday morning and buy a bunch of that fancy grape juice. And that's what they would use. Um, however, I do remember going to the Catholic church and I would have to skip communion cause I never converted, but boy, it smelled good. Cause this like a gateway to drink it again. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's yeah, free, so I can see where the question would arise, you know, especially someone, let's think about someone who's trying to get sober, they're Catholic, but they still want to partake yeah. in their ceremonious and I'm nobody, and I'm not a religious dude, and I don't know all this stuff. But I, at the end of the day, for me, in a situation like this, I think God knows your heart. Yeah. So, hey, you know, I love you, but I don't need to drink this. I think, I think, you know, end of the day, that's... Well, one of the things this person I called did tell me was that when you partake in the bread... You actually partake in the blood and the body. And when you partake in the wine, you actually partake in the blood and the body. So they're saying that that for them, okay, just for them and their belief, that if they take the bread at communion, that covers all the bases. I also see, so what Matt is talking about too, like we, we understand God, he knows your heart. But me, if I'm seeking out this way of life, a way of living, like as a new lifestyle, I would think every time I do that, I'm breaking my sobriety. I would. Yeah. Every, you know, so you I'm with you. Get that out of your mind. Well, can you just go to the uh, <clears throat> pastor and just be like, "Hey, there's something I'm struggling with." Yeah, I mean, that's, that like would be some type of modification. Pastor or your, yeah. you know, priest or whatever. Oh, so. sorry. I no, you're good. I don't know all the terminology. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, but, you're but, right, but um, you know, and there's there's a lot of counsel out there. We're definitely not 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 the not the where it stops. No, do not yeah, come to me. Have, have a whole no bunch means. of drunk people at the noon meeting today. <laughs> yeah, by no means uh, should you listen to my advice. So, <laughs> but I wanted to just throw that out there. And and you know, uh, we have uh, Colombia and the Netherlands added to our countries of where people listen to it. Colombia, Louisiana, <laughs> Colombia, <laughs> South America. Oh, South America. Yeah, yeah, we have we have listeners in Ireland. United Kingdom, Taiwan, Bulgaria, Australia, Denmark, Saudi Arabia, Canada, the UAE, Colombia, and the Netherlands. Wow. What if it was, uh, what's his name down in Colombia? I'm sorry. <laughs> the Medellin. <laughs> and we are now actually streamed. 26.3% of our shows are now streamed on Apple Podcasts. As opposed to it used to be 98% was on Spotify. Now it's 712 on Spotify and 263 on Apple. And then other, I don't know what other is, is 2.6. Okay. So just a few, um, you know, and we have 97 followers, you know, on Spotify. We kind of, we need three more. 
So uh, next time you buy a box of Girl Scout cookies, give them a little thing saying, hey, look, I bought your cookies. I need you all to follow my show on Spotify. <laughs> Their moms will be like, what the hell are you listening to? And we don't benefit from that. So anyway, I wanted to cover all that stuff before I forgot it because my brain doesn't work uh, doesn't work quite like it used to. And we're going to, um, today our topic is going to be, let's see, autonomy and an enemy. And 12 other words that are hard to pronounce. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Autonomy, anonymity, and tradition four. And I guess we can start it off by looking at tradition four. Everybody good with that? Sure. Yes, please. And yeah, let's look at tradition four from the 12, uh, 12 steps and 12 traditions. And it says, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting the other groups or AA as a whole. So, Matt, you're, yes. you're, I I'm know you're studying. It. I'm still reading. Well, <laughs> let's first start with autonomy. A lot of people don't know what that means. Well, they call it a $10 word here. It is um, to do things on your own. Yep. That's what autonomous means. So if I got, gave you the autonomy to run the show. Oh, please don't. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Jill. Oh, I thought you said something else. I thought you no. already did that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jill. I- <laughs> The autonomy, $10 word. Yeah. What does it mean? To, to do, do something on your own. Okay. Mm-hmm. So AA in this tradition is giving the groups full autonomy, okay, mm-hmm. to do their own thing. Yeah, to run the group how, how they so want. this is kind of like uh, being self-sufficient. Yeah. Each group has to be self-sufficient. So each group makes their own rules. Mm-hmm. So let's just say the half past five group has a problem with Matt. They don't go to the club. They don't go to the koala club. Right? They settle it on their own. Okay. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, deal, dealing with it internally. So yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. So that's autonomy. But how does it... How does it um, Let's think about it. That's how it plays out in the group slash AA, you know, central office setting. Because obviously no one's going to write a letter to central office and say, hey, Matt's been mean to me. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And if they did, what do they do with these letters at the central office? And, you know, if you're around long enough in in this program, you're going to have personality clashes. You're going to have issues because it's people at the end of the day mm-hmm. and everybody's not perfect. And I'll speak on mine. I've had a couple of things over the years and it became, you get your sponsor. I get my sponsor. We go sit in a room and actually in the one I was in that this came to this, we had two old timers as well and everybody hugged. We shook hands and have never had a problem since then. And we cleared the air. Wow. It worked really great. Is this the lady that was taking your lunch money? Don't talk don't talk about my love life on the show, Mike. You know, she was uh, the ladies is a whole other no I'm playing. Uh yeah, and I mean this was this was a couple of years ago, but but yeah, we handled it as a group and um for the most part it it came out the way it's supposed to, you know, and, and uh I really like that. Um, you know, the resentments died off. There was no carrying resentments around or pissed off at each other was none of that well it was mature i like that because a lot of us well that's what we were quite the opposite you know back in our using and and i do later on in the show i want to i want to hit on something um nothing individual you know but i want to talk about drama for a little bit okay Uh, please don't (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna bring up specific actually for the newcomer that drama can be detrimental yeah absolutely and i you know and and we'll talk about that later it's just that you know i i asked about somebody that they hadn't seen in a long time Mm -hmm. and i and i don't live here right so i live way off and and um and when it came down to it it sounded to me like some drama sure had caused uh sure caused someone not come back to a meeting and so we don't talk about you know we're not going to individualize that but drama in general but anyway keep going i'm sorry yeah but i mean no that was kind of the deal and and it's also you know, when you get into this program, you, you got to realize that's your, that's basically your brothers and sisters in there. And at the end of the day, it's about the recovery. It's not about me with my feelings hurt or somebody else with their feelings hurt. And, and, uh, my sponsor always tells me never let somebody run you out of an AA meeting. You know what I mean? Like 
don't don't go home and pout because you're mad about at somebody in there and uh you know we're not all gonna always get along splendidly and we probably would get on people's nerves occasionally and personalities don't always match up um but you can still love that person and not really you know on a personal level be that involved with them and that's what i've learned in here too it's like hey man love you shake your hand and and rock on you know so and if they need me and call me i'll go help them but we don't have a running conversation or a relationship you know um but uh but yeah i mean i've learned how to handle those kind of things in this program that i you know i didn't learn in out in the out in the world as my guys say so and in a lot of uh a lot of us, especially me, I'm going to tell you, whenever I got into the rooms, being autonomous, okay, is was almost uh, like it didn't. My mother took care of a lot of stuff for me, right? Or my ex-wife took care of a lot of stuff for me. I didn't do anything for myself. I always had somebody to take care of all that stuff, you know, and, and then you run them all off you know, or hurt, hurt them or whatever it is. And then you're left and you're like, Oh no, what do I do? I got to do my own, you know? Um, but p becoming autonomous actually helped me as an individual, right? It would prepare me for the life I live now. If I agree. Mean. And, um, and being autonomous does help, you know, and, you know, we talk about blame in the rooms of AA and it's a word we got to take out of our mouth. But I think sometimes whenever I wasn't autonomous, anything that went wrong, I always had somebody to blame other than myself. You know, regardless of what it was. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, in that situation that I was <clears> in, I, you know, we had our sponsors there, and I thought this would be a thing of me and the guy and the two sponsors. The two old-timers were the ones that went to town. They just set the whole deal. I mean, the rest of us, yes, sir, okay, yes, sir, all four of us. And they were spot on, right on the money, didn't pull any punches, and uh, it was great. It was great. It was great to be a part of that and just see healthy work it out you know yeah. so yeah but anyway I, I, you know the tradition is is very important because we're talking about a macro level that affects and impacts the group yeah as a whole but for me per se it taught me how to be a little bit more free how to handle things on my own and to do things and to to actually seek out the right way to do things instead of doing it the wrong way yeah what to engage what not to engage you know how to be more self-sufficient self-reliant and i think that's the overall that's the overarching theme of it is to also build that with internally within yourself so you can kind of mimic what the group does you know it helps you live a little better and I be think. and be responsible for your own recovery yeah you know and you know to carry that a step further you go into business meetings they there can be some hurt feelings in there there can be some things that get shot down and people and you have to work through that as a group too and you know you're trying to take care of the business of your group and so you're not always going to agree and a matter of fact a lot of times you're not if you get 25 alcoholics in a room and start voting on stuff you normally you're going to have opinions a lot of opinions and it's cool to be able to work through that too when you have people that maybe feel a certain way or they whatever it might be um and, you know, you can look at them and go, I love you. It don't got nothing to do with your opinion on this. You know, um, we can we can have different opinions, but but still be cool and, and do our thing. So, yeah, the right to be wrong. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You no, know, it's very important, too, because now it trickles back to what you just discussed. Drama. Yeah, sure. Because if you don't handle it appropriately, that's, then that arises. So it makes sense. That's where I was Same, going with it. You know? <laughs> that's, that's where I was going with it. That's, yeah, drama is, uh, you know, they say fear should the evil and corroding thread, but but drama is an evil and corroding <laughs> thread that affects yeah. groups as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it just affects groups as a whole. I witnessed firsthand um, a couple months, maybe a month ago at a meeting and a couple guys, you know, nobody here, no, no listener that we have here is going to know much about them. And I'm not definitely not going to mention any names, but there, there was an altercation, right? Not, not a physical altercation, but there was a verbal altercation in a meeting that got a little heated. And, and one thing, my hat's off to that chairperson. They shut that stuff down. They, I'm sharing a meeting, just, you know, boom. But then after the meeting, I watched these two guys and we're talking about like old timers, we ain't talking about newcomers, right? We know old, old guys, man. And I watched them after the meeting go up to each other, and um, I heard one with my own ears say, "You know what? I was wrong. You were right. I apologize." Hmm. And I mean, 
awesome. Nip, nip that drama in the bud right there. Right. That, that's I mean, so dope what you just said, though, because that's if it wasn't for the rooms and what we saw within the rooms and learned, and that wouldn't have happened. People would have been fighting, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's, I mean, I remember, um, Something happened. Somebody got mad at me in earlier in recovery, maybe two or three, five years, somewhere in there. And um and it was over. I I made a joke. And and it wasn't a it wasn't a bad joke or a hurtful joke, but apparently it pissed this person off. And uh I said, Hey, you know, I apologize. I'll stay in my lane. I was out of my lane, you know. I've come and later on they made the same they that person made the comment, Well, is this how mature people settle things? And I'm like, well, I don't know because I'm not mature. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. But it's how we're going to settle it because uh, I ain't dealing with this shit for the rest of my life. We're going to take care of it right here. Yeah. You know? I think that's it, too, is is the drama. Drama um, in that word tends to be drawn out, this big saga of shit. And in, in AA, we want to put that to bed and we want to go, okay, here's the problem. Sit with that person, fix it. Well, then you don't have drama because if you both approach it that way and you put it to bed right or wrong, you don't have this big drug out <laughs> ongoing thing. And that's what drives me nuts. You know, it just drives me nuts. It's like, put it to bed. Let's go. You know, it's over with. So nobody wants to 10 step on that one. Right. Nobody's exactly. like, who's going to 10 step first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what you said, people, it. it's automatically happening, though, especially with those two dudes you was talking after the meeting. They they saw they were wrong, and they immediately, you know, had mm -hmm. an impact on it to change it. So and two, two brand new people were in that meeting, right? Yeah, so Imagine what happened. they thought when they right. seen these two people after that heated discussion. It was pretty heated. It goes back to what you said again, the drama. That yeah. kid that has the potential to throw people off. Oh, yeah. And not even accept the yep. program. Yep. So we're allowed to be human. Yeah, absolutely. We just have a program to deal with our humanness. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense because I don't know about anybody else, but I'm a very flawed human. Yeah, we have a solution. Yes, which is a lot if nicer we, than fists and and, and and yeah. knives. Oh, sorry, did I say that? <laughs> There's no weapons involved. Oh, okay. Jill's on another level, guys. I'm not gonna lie, man. Some, you know, I, I still have problems with that, man, because I'll be wanting to pop off on people sometimes. You know, it, it happens. I was uh, talking about old timers. I was in a meeting one time, and uh, I'll say Joe B., who's got eight million years of sobriety. Um, he <laughs> was seven, sitting in a corner, seven and a half. Seven and a half. On eight. Uh, but one of my favorite people ever, and a, a true old timer, you know. And um, a, a young lady was had come in very new and was doing the drama thing and kind of chattering about someone else before the meeting started. <laughs> And she turned and looked at Joe and said, can you believe that or whatever? And Mr. Joe said, you know what I do? I just try to mind my own fucking business. <laughs> and then he just went on. And I went, that's nice. my guy right there. Nice Shut said, that down. Yep. And that girl was like, uh, and just went on. And I went, that's how you handle that immediately. <laughs> and I, I was just like, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's a lot of it is just minding our own business. And sometimes we. Well, and I thought about that on the way, on the drive over here. I did. I thought about the whole minding my own. A lot, a lot of we hear it, and a lot, a lot of the reasons why we find ourselves in the situations we're in is because we don't mind our own business. You know. Here's another one for you. Here's another scenario on this. I had a situation with a guy. Guy was um, saying some things that were not true by any means, stretch of the imagination. Were not true. He continued to do it. It was really irritating me really irritate me um went to my sponsor this is where sponsors you go back to that went to my sponsor and said man this is pissing me off like it's this there's no need in this and i said what do i need to do about it and i'm like i need to confront this guy i need to you know i'm ready to do all this stuff and he said did you do it and i said no i didn't do anything he said and he goes then let it go you don't have to even acknowledge it. Just let it go. And I was like, "No, that's not going to happen. Like, we're <laughs> we're going we're going to settle this." You know, right? Ego is and like, he goes, Must. "Wait a minute." He goes, and basically he said, "An idiot is running his mouth, and you're worried about what comes out of his mouth. You're trying to control what comes out of an idiot's mouth." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess I am." And yeah. he goes, "You can't control that." So. Go behind the building today and sell it. Tomorrow he's going to be saying something else. You're going to have to, you know. And I went, 
That's very true. And he goes, if your character's where it needs to be, then you let it go. He said, the people are going to believe it are going to believe it. And the ones that ain't, ain't. And he said, it doesn't matter. And, uh, we get into that and fast forward three weeks, he gets into a situation like that. The only time as a sponsor, he's ever asked my opinion on something. He calls me. He had a similar situation with a person. He's upset. He's upset. He goes, I'm just, I'm just going to ask you, what would you do? And I repeated verbatim what he had told me three weeks before to him. And I said, you got to let it go. If you didn't, you know, nice. and he goes, you're finally, I'm finally wearing off on you after five <laughs> years. And I'm, you know, uh, but it's the truth, you know, well, I mean, and uh, there, the, you also get the, the side of that where there's the, the, somebody says, somebody said something and they didn't say it. And then nobody wants to address it. And then when it does get addressed, you find out something completely different. And then, so we've had some little, some drama there because of unnecessary, some, some middleman. How about that? We just mm -hmm. middleman coming there. Hey, I heard he's, I heard. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you hear it with your own ear? Oh no. I was, you know, saw it on Facebook. <laughs> Somebody wrote it on the bathroom wall at the club. You know, that's how they heard about it. So yeah. Yeah. That middleman stuff. I don't like that either. Um, but uh, thankfully, don't have too much of that. You know, no, I've learned no. to just kind of let it roll off my back for the most part. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a very select, small circle of people that I'm, I'm, uh, I do care what they think about me as far as my, the way I do things, but it's very, very small. And the outside of that circle, they can say whatever they want to say. It has no effect. And, uh, the people that have been there and supported me and, and that I want to support them. That's all I care about. So, but yeah. So, so anonymity, mm -hmm. it's the it's $11 word. Hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about anonymity, man? I think it's great. I think, I think that it allows people um, the opportunity to come in and get their stuff together and, and in a private way. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's great about this program. I read something about Eminem, the, the rapper, right? He tried to go to AA meetings. Okay. They wouldn't leave him alone. I'm sure. Wouldn't leave him alone. I've seen famous Couldn't people. Go. Meetings. I have too, but I, he, he, and I'm not, he, he, I read an article about this, but he said, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go to a meeting and he was just going to AA meetings like us. So he had to do different things because publicly and, and they should have left the guy alone. And I just Sucks. remember thinking, man, if he came in the koala club, I have never had that problem. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. If I'm here. <laughs> They're like, Hey, there's a homeless guy. You know, That's why I don't, let, I don't let my tour bus park in the parking lot. Well, of meeting. you know, I mean, uh, but yeah, but I think, I think it's great. I think it's also a personal choice. I mean, we come on here and we do this and, and we get, we're out in our area doing a lot of things and we, we put ourselves out there and me personally, everybody, and this was my thing with my life to get it back together. Everybody around me knows my story. So there's an accountability for everyone in my life from a little nephew to my brother to whoever you know um there's no anonymity for me it's we're 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 battling this every day and i will till i die yeah so, and, what, and what's great about that that's your choice that's right that's right but it also where that also works very well is being out in public and being in there and dealing having random things come up recovery or, or sobriety wise and being able to just right there on the spot. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me who's standing there. I don't care. I'll tell you where I'm at, what I'm doing. And if it helps somebody else, I'm all for it. And it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I think personally it works better for me. I know people that have, I've heard of people that have job situations where it's not best to probably put that out there. And that's mm -hmm. great, man. And that's what we honor. You know, I, I never do that with anyone else. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it works better for me the way I do it, you know? So. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. What about you, Cal? Well, I kind of operate under the notion, just like if I'm out in public and I see someone who's struggling and I'm reaching out a helping hand, I'm not trying to 
you know, video myself doing it or have somebody, hey, look, look at what I'm doing. This is mm-hmm. the same thing. If I re- remain anonymous, then if I do something and I don't let them know, then, you know, it's just as good as if you do let them know. I don't like seeing that, but I also appreciate it. You know, um, I think to a lot of people when it comes to anonymity, it um, they they have the tendency to couple it together with shame or guilt because of the path that you've mm. chosen now. Yeah. Um, I'm shameful of this, you know, and I, I think I was like that too at first because of the profession that I that I held. I was in the military and then the stigma that surrounds it, you know, that you can't control. And I think that's where people get... It, they get that word mixed up with anonymity, and I think it, it sheds a negative light on this when, in fact, it's not negative at all. And it makes people fail to get out there and be like, look, I was once where you're at, but look at what can happen, you know, mm-hmm. if you decide to do take this uh, lifestyle, take it as your own. You know, so that, I think that's the confusing aspect of it. I love it, but I also think there's a gray area which we haven't figured out. Yeah, yeah, and I just at the end of the day, when in doubt, say nothing, you know. And I've been in Walmart, and somebody's come up to me and said hi, and I'm with other people that don't know any, and I just hey, how you doing? And we go on. I don't say mm-hmm. anything, and, and if they choose to bring it up, that's fine. I don't. Nobody's ever, yeah. you know, my whole life's been a shit show, a public shit show. So it doesn't, I got nothing to hide, you know. So yeah, on my end, but uh, I I don't really care. I mean, but um, you know, that's just kind of a thing i stick mm-hmm. with you know yeah to other people's stuff you know you know i i really like what cal had to say that that gray area that we still you know i i i never was too concerned about who knew you know because to, to be honest most people knew right even the people the people that matter in my life anyway they knew you know whether it would be grandmas, grandfathers, or whoever, but they knew I was, I had a drinking problem. I mean, I even had cousins that would reach out to, to my ex-wife and say, "Hey, you know, stuff about I heard Mike had a drinking problem or something." You know, and I, I'm not one of those guys that had a lot to do with my cousins growing up. I just didn't. You know, we just didn't mesh, but um, or didn't hang out together. But I did have people reach out, so it scattered that far. I would imagine the people that didn't matter probably knew as well too. So that part did not really bother me. Um, and then when I do go to AA, you know, I, I want to I want to not do anything with anybody and just get into a program because anything outside of AA really and truly was a risk of my sobriety at that time, right? Once I got sober, you know, I learned how important anonymity was. And, of course, this is a safe place, and you can say whatever you want to in the rooms and and all of that stuff you hear coming through, which is the reason why we had these two words in this is because I couldn't – I didn't know the difference in the two when I got here. That's why we talked about autonomy and anonymity. But as it went on, I would find out, like, I didn't even know people's last names that I had been friends with for years. I mean, I've been, you know, and Matt, I knew you for, wow, we've been doing this podcast since May. So I've known you for at least five years. And in May. We were in jail together too, I think. Well, <laughs> yeah. In a, in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they no, called him, they called him sister. I don't, I don't know. It <laughs> makes sense. I, I mean, I guess that was I a play, some play on bro. his last name. <laughs> you know, and he got more ramen than anybody. Any right? port in but, a storm. Yeah. Well, but he did have toilet paper. Um, <laughs> but. You know, but I didn't know Matt's last name until he told me. I don't even know how to say it. I don't know any. Of you. And Matt, we're pretty, we're pretty <laughs> close. Really Nor do I care. You know? <laughs> but but you, Cal, you you've got our numbers. You can get a yeah, hold yeah, of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But let's just say that that brand new guy. Let's just say a brand new military guy came in, right? And he's and we see that a lot. But we see one come in, and he check Cal shares, and he talks about his military service, and he talks about his years of recovery. And the guy's like, that's the guy I need to associate with. But he's scared to approach you after the meeting. You know, he has no way of even looking you up on Facebook. He has no, he don't have any idea what your last yeah. name is, you know? I mean, I guess you could, Cal's kind of a unique name because it's three letters. But um, 
But you see where I'm going with that, you know. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Bob talks about this in, I believe in Dr. Bob and the good old timers, where they were traveling back and forth from Akron to New York. And they were going to stop and they went, they were going to go to a meeting and they had a flat tire and they needed help. They didn't have a jack. So they get out and they go to a payphone. Phone books used to hang from payphone back for back in the day. And they realized they didn't know anybody's last name at the meeting they were going to like they had, you know, and Dr. Bob even said, Hey, we're taking this, you know, just a bit too far. Yeah. People who need to get a hold of us can't get a hold of us. Right. According by, by tradition, you know, remaining anonymous is uh, at the level of press radio and films, right? This would be considered radio, mm -hmm. I guess, or press. Um, but and that that's came from another incident that happened earlier in, in our AA's cycle um, of life or getting to getting to our point we're at now. We had a professional baseball catcher mm. who uh, had recovery and sang it to the to the to the multitudes of how great it was. And then he relapsed and um, it made a negative impact. So that was about the time that tradition came about mm -hmm. is, is what happened. He pitched, I think, believe he was a catcher for the St. Louis. Yeah, I think so. I think see, yeah, I get that, man, but it, it has some negative connotations associated with it. When you see somebody at that level relapse, they'd be like, Oh, does this really work? But I think the positives outweigh. Oh you know? yeah. I, I really do. Like it just cause, cause there's so many examples of people recovering and living life in sobriety and people still want that no matter what, you know? And, um, lastly I'll say is, uh, there, the reason I have an issue with that too, when you said uh, media, radio, and um, press radio, press radio. All right, so the media. All right, if we can. All right, let's say entertainment in, in general. Like they cover AA in almost every other series, every other movie. There's something in regards to it, some type of abuse of addiction, and it's pushed so much for people to do the negative thing. Why not push mm -hmm. some of this? You know, mm -hmm. to to counter to balance that. I feel like we're seeing more and more of it. Yeah, and then sometimes it's the way it's uh, presented is no. kind of messed up. But I yeah. guess you can't really directly, you know, do exactly what we do. But why not push this more? Mm -hmm. You know, why not when there's so much negative stuff being pushed every day? And I think right? people in that direction, right. press and radio and all that good stuff, man. I mean, you can this this podcast. Um, you can go on YouTube now, and it's awesome. You can go on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. You can pull up all kind of stuff to listen to on recovery and mental health and anything else you want. To, but I think that's great. I think it's a great resource for uh, people, especially early on. But I still ride down the road and just listen to random stuff. That, and, and, and it helps me to, you know, I'm not always around AA people. We're able to go to a meeting or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, I'll pop something in and listen to it for a few hours. I think it's great. Um, and, and I think we have to be careful in that gray area of, you know, getting too specific on things, but, but for the most part, you know, uh, I, I think it's awesome. And so. if you can, if some, cause we have some really famous people yeah. in NAA, like, um, from, from contemporary modern folks that are, you know, putting out stuff right now and celebrities that are doing things right now to people way in the past, yeah. you know, we have that. And, and, you know, we don't really, uh, we hear them talk about their sobriety, right? I, I've seen them give speeches on my sobriety and this, mm -hmm. but you never see them talk about AA. Right. You know, it's and whether tradition. or not that weather, yes, right. And, and man, talk about keep guarding the tradition because, but I think if, if I'm someone who is, uh, I could look at certain people that I know have found recovery through AA that are their situation, just the fact their lifestyle what they're around all the time, you know, the living on the road and the constant flow of stuff in front of them and, and the ego, you know, the ego alone of having, you know, 12 to 30,000 people screaming at you and for you, you know, on regular basis. I've never had over 10, you know, so... <laughs> I can imagine once you get over 10, the ego level just really, Matt, you can tell us about that in a little while. <laughs> Run rampant. Okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, hey, I got sober, and, and I guess if you get sober and it works, however you do it, it works. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you can stay sober, right? But, um, but I know that the, so that's that, what we just talked about is the anonymity on the part of our personal anonymity. Okay. 
So let's talk about the other anonymity, right? And that is helping people without anybody knowing we did it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, kind yes, of like sir. What I discussed. Yeah. If I see somebody out there, you know, remaining completely anonymous and nobody has any clue. You find it tough, Matt, when you do that? Yeah, I like to have cameras following me around basically my whole life, just filming everything, you know. Truman Show. No, man, I, I tell you what, that's the coolest, coolest thing in sobriety, I think, ever. That that, And I guess this is selfish, man, because it makes me feel so much better. I hope it, I hope it helps another person. But when I do what I'm supposed to do, nobody knows about it. And what's funny is every once in a while, years down the road, that's been the cool part is somebody I've had this a few times and somebody come up and go, do you remember me? And I go, no. And they go, blah, la 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 la. And I go, Oh crap. That's awesome. Like, that's awesome. And you, it, I, I love that so many people played this little part in helping keep the wheels turning for me in sobriety. And it's just little bitty things that people with didn't want anything out of that or expect anything out of it, but they jumped in to help me keep grinding towards this direction. And I love that I get to do that with other people and, and help. And if I can and help them, you know, just, just move it along a few hours, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, and they can look up one day and go, Oh man, I gotta, you know, I got a little bit of time now and I'm getting my life back together. So, um, yeah, I think that's the coolest thing on the planet. Um, personally but yeah i like i like to uh you know it, i guess it just i guess it could be it's pure selfish it's pure you know I, I i like it i like helping people and or if you know if i had the chance to helping people and then not you know nobody know i even did it you know i know i did it you know i sit there yeah. you know in the bathtub and think about how, <laughs> how great i am you know <laughs> like if everybody only knew how great i was <laughs> I got, I got a call I can't uh, tell two weeks ago from one of us with a with an issue. Um, I'm not going to go into details because I just don't want to go into details, but had an issue, needed help, call for help. I go, I call another guy in this program. This is not about me. This is about his little deal. This person that we were helping never knew he was there, never knew that he spent his own money to to fix this problem and took care of the problem tenfold from what the person asked us to do, left and went home, and this other person we helped has no idea this person was ever involved, and that's so awesome. Like, it's just awesome, man. And I, I just I looked at the guy, and I'm like, dude, you're, you're unbelievable. And he just, you know, he just disappears. And it's like that person never knew he was even there. So, um, yeah. But uh, I love this program, man. There's good examples of people just, just doing that every single day. And, um, you know. It kind of, kind of keeps us going. So, you know what's the best part about this facet of anonymity, man? Is uh, I think human nature is to want people to notice what you're doing and to get attention. I mean, just look, I, I I'm guilty of it. I post on Facebook. I want people to respond. I want people to like. You know, I want people to see it. You know, but I think that's the joy of the program over time when you develop a relationship with a power of your choosing who you can just leave everything to. You become more, I guess, content with knowing that that power knows that you did that instead of everybody else knowing. Do I still want to do things and people to see me? Yeah, but it's not as often as I wanted to before the program. I think that's what it what it brings to you as a person. And I think, like you said, it's the most gratifying feeling in the world, knowing that what you did took time out of your day to help somebody or inspire somebody, change that person's life forever, you know, and you don't need anybody else to know but you and whoever mm -hmm. your higher power is. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm surrounded by people that that's kind of a way of life for them and people not even in this program but, but family and friends and, like, I got a small circle, but everybody in my circle, that's how they roll. That's just their mentality, and... um you know, if I hang around that kind of stuff, it can't help but bring me up. And I'm like, Cal, I think everybody's got an ego, and it's just you got to keep it to a minimum. You know, I don't think you ever get rid of ego. But um, but at the same time, you know, I, know, I can tell when it's kind of in check and when it's running wild. So, um, you know. Let's, let's talk about ego for a second. Okay. Do you think – and and this this is where we kind of get on to opinion, and I don't really do opinion very well. But do you think people are just born with an ego? 
That's a good question. Does it develop because of too much attention or because of lack of attention? Mm. We got the id, the ego, and the superego. <laughs> a moment of silence. I'm, I'm listening to Jill. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, is this is it innate? Is it something that is learned? I definitely think that for sure it can be learned, but we are born basically to, you know, survive. And that includes what yourself, right? And how I can, I can do all these things to prolong my life. But I think society, I think, um, you know, friends, family, you name it, it is everywhere and it can be picked up. And it's something that if I don't feel if you're taught how to control it or taught that it, it can be a huge problem that, it can just go wild. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the ego becomes. Um, we we did. I did a thing last night on the third step, and so you we did end up doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, the third step prayer, and you know, and like we have to be able to get out of God's way. I mean, he he that that's where it runs wild is when I'm wanting to put Matt ahead of. You know, Matt gonna control the outcome. Matt's gonna dictate how that goes to get to that outcome, and so that's the fighting the ego with me is going. I'm not God, you know, and when I'm when I'm okay, yeah, I will have an ego. To I, I'm convinced it is just not gonna ever go away. But there are times when it's in really good shape and things are things are very uh, smooth, but. When it's not, it, it's because Matt's trying to take the reins and do it himself. Yeah. If I'm not, I mean, if I'm in Jill's will, I'm not in God's will. And mm -hmm. my will is fueled by ego. And I have to be very careful because that has gotten in, gotten me in so much trouble. And I think ego is also, what's funny about ego is, is I take the ego and I'm like, I'm going to take care of all this. And then it's like, but wait. Let's look at your track record of how you've mm -hmm. done on your own. And it's just a shit show of disaster. And then we still think I should, I should take over right now and just, just handle this. You know, uh, that's ego. It's just dumb. So, so, um, what I think about this, not I minus our higher power. I, I think it is something that is um, learned and it kind of manifests itself on its own based on your cultural upbringing. Because you got ego, and I think that's a direct representation of how you view your self-worth and your self-esteem and all those other words that are, you know, I guess $10 words. And um, I think it's based off of how you were raised. And I, I think specifically for myself, you know, a person that came from a house that wasn't told, I love you, or this, that, and the other. You know, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't receive that love. I, I saw a whole bunch of negativity. So it made me, therefore, always want to make myself look good, always want to mm -hmm. prove to people that I'm worth this or I'm worth that, you know, and always wanted to be right no matter what, hence the word ego. So I think over time, I think it, that that happens, it kind of, you don't, you don't mean for it to happen, but that ego kind of manifests itself more and more based off of your cultural upbringing and your house upbringing, whatever you wanted to define it as that's that's what i think i, gr I agree with you cal i mean um yeah it, it, what it is is it's, it's basically like a personality trait uh part of your temperament it, and it's something that develops throughout your life a survival and, deal almost yeah. like a coping deal yeah wow i never thought about that yeah was... wow yeah huh yeah because if you don't feel good you want to make yourself feel good and you're you rationalize you know, if you're not like Al said, your parents, they, you know, or whatever your upbringing was that, and we all have been through stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. off and on. But I yeah. never thought of and that. And think about it. it starts. I mean, it, it's an infant. It's all about you, mm -hmm. getting your needs met for what your diaper being changed, you know, feeding and all of that. And that's where you learn manipulation. If I cry, I get this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where did, where did I forget that live lesson? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but but you do. I mean, I think that's 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 crazy, and we have to come in here and and figure out that that something that we've used for so long, almost like a crutch, is is 
uh, we can't use that anymore. And you, that's, uh, man, that's really Especially good. when we get to the point it's harming us and it's harming everybody, everybody. around us. Sure, sure. So that's, there's, so I, I would have to say, like, if I compared myself to average, average person I meet and talk to in AA, I was a spoiled brat, right? I mean, like, you know, I got, I was a spoiled brat. And so I get on and be an adult and I expect everybody just to conform to my, my wishes and this is how it's going to be. And then, and then, and then that don't work out too well. <laughs> and then boo-hoo. And then you know, <laughs> poor me. And then, and then I actually get some stuff and I do it on my own and I want everybody to, Hey, look at me, look at me, look mm-hmm. at me. you know, and big old big ass ego, you know, pops up. Yep. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Starting to get it anyway. <laughs> so ego, uh, Ego, though, I can tell you this, I, from my own, my own experience, I had to shed it. I just had to, I had to shed some of it because when it came to getting sober, I just didn't have any idea what to do. I had tried so hard on my own and it just, nothing worked. Right. And I remember sitting and talking to myself, (laughs) talk about ego, (laughs) talking to myself about how I had did this and I had did that, but I couldn't stop drinking and I can't figure out why I cannot stop drinking. When I can do all this other stuff by myself, how come I can't stop drinking? Right. And at some point I just had to say, just, you know, take it. Yeah. I I just can't, I can't do it. It's yes. Ego and it's false pride. False pride. That's the word I was looking for. I love that word. Two words. (laughs) That, that one word though, has such power on whether or not this program is going to work yeah. or not work. Agreed. And it goes back to, if you don't, I get it. Like we, we come into the program, we accept the steps and, you know, the traditions and the principles and all the promises come to light. But if you don't handle that stuff that happened earlier on, you're never going to fully be recovered. You know, and I think that's one word you have to nip in the bud in order to really get the program, you know. That's just, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. That did, and it really helps, you know, getting the program, like Cal said, you're going to have to nip that in the bud. But when you start helping others, yeah. there, there's going to come a time where I don't know what I'm doing. And I need to reach out to someone and I need to say, hey, I'm helping someone and I need help. And, and man, I'm going to tell you that for me anyway, that ego could take back over. My first sponsee was a super success guy named Phil. I mean, he, I, if, to my not knowledge, he's still sober to this day. And that's, he's got to have 11 years now. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he just took off out of the bat. And I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, this is, man, they make way to too big of a riot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they make way too big of a deal out of this, you know, and, and but there's that ego, right? <laughs> Look what I and I didn't man I didn't have nothing to do with that cat getting sober. <laughs> you know, I, I walked him through the steps and I was there to talk to. Well, you know, hey, you need a friend. You know, I give you some I give you some pointers. Let's take the alcohol out of the fridge. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you were naive. I was. I was. But that's a you know, I mean it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. But, yes. but look at it this way too. When when we talk we talked about helping people without people knowing and we and then some stuff you just have to the people have to know because it's that situation it's not that you're choosing it but i've had people all the time go man you're awesome you're all and i go i'm not awesome i owe people for doing it for me everybody's done it for me i'm just repaying what they've done it has nothing to do with me being awesome or any of that crap and you can when you get down the road you're going to get to do this for somebody else and that's what that's what i expect you to do for for and that's what people that did it for me expected me to do you know and uh it's not an ego thing it's just uh it's the right thing to do and to pay back what was given to me so i agree fully on that um you know for a person that fought helping other people because i couldn't get out of ego and thought it was just like i was the problem and i needed to be fixed the most and eventually when i finally did that after a couple years and actually got someone through the steps it was the greatest feeling which you know, is a little bit like your ego is, but, you know, being, um, uh, stroked or whatever. But I think I learned for the first time that like, I wasn't a complete idiot that I could do something and I could help people, which eventually turned into my profession. And, you know, everything that we've talked about today is, 
you know, even like, um, not in, um, autonomy, anonymity, all of that, um, is definitely, you know, part of my life. And the fact that I use all of that to help other people because someone did that for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's why I do it. And it, and it takes that, you know, I, I looked at, I looked at people that helped me and just not even AA people, but just people in life. When I got out of treatment and trying to get back on my feet, so many people helped me and, and it's not an ego. It's re- you'll check that ego real quick when you're helping somebody and they're, Oh, you're awesome. You go, no, 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 no. <laughs> You don't understand. You don't know where I was at and still struggle and people still help me. This is what we do, you know, as a group. And it has nothing to do with ego. Um, you know, and I tell them, Hey, you might be hauling me off to rehab one day. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. Well, that gives but, them something to look forward to. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, I was uh Hopefully was a, rehab for your shoulder surgery. Well, I was I was a I was headed that way when I got there, I can promise you. Yeah, but, but it uh, happens. We see it all the time. It does. It does. And yeah, there's no ego do. to it, man. We help each other and and uh yeah. Yeah, I've been in that situation too, and somebody that helped me have to turn around and well, somebody look get them back going. Somebody falls off after many years of recovery. The worst thing we can do is sit and talk about why it happened. We need to get them help. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, none of, none of that matters. They've fallen off. Get help. Start huh. over. Go move now. You know. And you're and, right on that, man. Because they because we want to beat ourselves up. And I th- they, when I've been in that situation with people that fell off, they want to rehash. Why? Da, da, da. It doesn't matter, man. What we're gonna do today? We're gonna talk about that in the twelve and twelve too. Whenever you well later, we'll talk about it. But it talks about that reliving the glory days, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and it talks about it in twelve and twelve. And that's a, um something that tends to get in the way of recovery. We just talked about ego. Let's just say I fell off the wagon. I got 12 years. You know, yes, my ego is going to be busted up. But nowhere near the damage is going to be done to all kind of other stuff mm-hmm. if I don't get some help, right? I mean, yeah. it's just got it. The most important thing is to not, uh, you know, and I've, I've known people, and I, I can't sit here and think of one, but have 25 years of recovery total, right? And they may have went three months off the wagon out of 25 years, right? They always came back, right? I can only imagine the amount of damage that I would do in that length of time because it's generally not me. I mess up everything else for everybody else, right? Right. But um, but the most important thing is we stay sober. This is, this is a great topic, man, because it makes you think of other things. And I think the foundational word for this is humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's not thinking less about yourself; it's thinking about yourself a little bit less. You know, and absolutely. It's just it's it's dope, man. I, I really appreciate you for this, man. Oh, oh man, we're glad you're here, glad dude. You're here, Cal. Yes, it's my partner in crime right here. We're all glad he's here. I can promise that you. Boy. So, and that yeah. brings <laughs> us to the end of the meeting. And um, I do want to remind everybody, guys, we haven't gotten any emails in a while. So uh, rude. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But I want to remind everybody that we need, uh, we do are available on Apple Podcasts now, not just Spotify. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, you go to podcast, you search the Grouch and the Brainstorm will pop up, and then you can just follow it from there. And of course, we're still on Spotify. Um, and you can reach us. Our voicemail is area code 817 988 2530. I love to get voicemails. Anytime you want to call in and leave a voicemail, we'll play it on the air for you. G and B Bozier, B O S S I E R, at gmail.com. That's G and B Bozier at gmail.com. You can find me on um, Instagram. My name is Mike Walston Jr. Junior. Yeah. I think my dad has his our, our real first name on his, so you can't get them confused. But gotcha. yeah, you can always find us on and shoot me a message, shoot me a text, find out. I did hear from uh, Larry and Judy want to be on the show. Oh, or at, yeah. le- at least Larry does. Larry wants oh, to be yeah. on the show, so wow. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to get him. You know, he he's on call some, so we got to figure out a coordinated time and and you know hope he can make it. But um, anyway, that'd be cool. That would be cool. It's all gonna be pretty cool. So anything by, else? Yeah. The by the way, we got to see a legend of the game yesterday, Phil. One yeah. of our first bonus interviews oh, yeah. turned up at the club. He lives in Texas now. and He was there again yesterday? 
He was there. Uh, yeah, he was there Friday what? night. Friday night. Friday night. Okay. Yeah, when you were there. Yeah. When you were there, and uh, yeah, it was good to see him. Good to see him. So yeah, me and Phil just happened to show. I hadn't seen Phil in six months. And we just happened to show up at the same meeting at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. You know, and, and a weird thing, I've had that happen a couple times when I go back to Mandeville. I would go in, and there'd be people who hadn't been there in, you know, a while, and stopping in at the same time I stop in. You know, it's kind of, you know, it, it's just weird how the how the, the recovery community works, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I love it. I love it. Yep. So, but this has been another great episode. Cal, thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, and um, from our crew here at Rule 62 Studios, we have been the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Yeah. <laughs>